Hey now, welcome to another edition of the Inside BS Show. I am Dave Lorenzo, your host. Today, we're talking about video and the power of video for your business. I know, I know, you've resisted video for a long time because you don't want it to look like the Zapruder film. You don't want it to be just a mess and be a bad representation of you and your brand. Well, I'm here to tell you that the sooner you start, the better you'll get. And I have an expert who's going to share with us some tips, some tricks, and a process for using video to make it work for you. Part of that process may be to connect with him and his company, but he's also going to give you some stuff if you're a do-it-yourselfer that you can employ to understand the capability of video. So please join me in welcoming John Jaworski to the Inside BS Show. John, welcome to the show. Thanks for joining us. Thank you, Dave. Thanks for having me. I look forward to our conversation. All right. So let's talk about, I want to, I want to, because you're, you've been doing this for a long time. So give me your, your take on the evolution of video from something that was unattainable for most businesses. Most, most small to mid-sized businesses couldn't use it to, for lack of a better word, the democratization of video. Give us your take on the evolution of that and where we stand now. Absolutely. So, yeah, I, you're right. I have been doing this for a long time. Um, I've been various uh, generations of video, film. We used to shoot on film. When I went to art school, we shot on film. Um, and then port packs and video became ubiquitous. And then slowly but surely became video, video, everything was video. Um, so, you know, uh, Francis Ford Coppola said years ago that technology will get to a point that a 13-year-old girl will make the next great film. And I remember we all just thought that's the most ridiculous comment ever. And there's, it's just ridiculous. Well, of course, I think he was right on the money. I think with people, with TikTok, with iPhones, with um, various technologies now that are in the palm of your hand, literally, um, it's gotten so much easier. Um, you know, I've done quite a bit of online education work. Part of the curriculum now is for people to be able to understand how to shoot video and edit video for their dissertations, for presentations. So now it's not just a, a fringe thing. It's just part of our everyday lives. Um, so, you know, back in the day, um, I, I don't want to say how many decades, but more than a couple decades I've been doing this. Uh, we used to have to use a lot of hot lights, and that which meant a lot of hot make or a lot of caked on makeup um, and blowing of fuses and all that kind of stuff. Well, now with a simple camera and a, a light panel, some LED lighting or tube lighting, you can pretty much do everything. Um, lots of feature films now are being done with little or no lighting. You don't need. Gone are, the, for the most part, gone are the days of needing multiple grip trucks with lots of lighting. Um, so it's really been something else. I think the lighting, the camera sensitivity and the lighting, is the single thing that blows me away more than anything else. Microphones are microphones. They don't change that much. Lenses don't change that much. Camera sensitivity and sensors have changed enormously. Um but lighting is what's really changed. To be able to dial something from daylight to tungsten, you know, from blue to yellow, orange, just on the back of a dial and have it run off a battery for six hours is just, it still amazes me. When I think of how hard it was for us to light things and 
how hot, if we were doing an interview like this, it would be 110 degrees in each of our rooms because we'd have so many lights. So there really has been an arc of technology aiding with people in their storytelling with video. It's been great. I'm all for it. I like the democratization of it. Um, my caveat is at some point, is a selfie video or a Zoom video enough for your brand? And in a lot of situations, DIY is. It makes sense. It's good. Um, but I, I like to say what I hear myself saying, so I guess I should believe it. Um, at some point, you're going to want to like hire a professional. You know, so it's fine to do late breaking news, video selfies while you're walking your dog, all sorts of things. People like that. It's personable. But at some point, actually lighting something, doing a nice job with it, doing some production value, using some graphics, using some editing, that makes a big difference. So that's kind of where I I'm not anti DIY, but I'm also I'm very pro production. So here's my here's my rule of thumb, John. If you're getting paid for the video content, you got to have a professional help you with the video. So if I'm, if I'm doing an educational course that people are enrolling in and they're paying hard-earned money, they don't want to see my face half in the shadows. They don't want to see the example half-baked. We need, we need a professional. And there's, and there's three things I want a professional for when it comes to video. And you tell me if I miss anything. The first thing is I want a professional to help me with the story arc, even in an educational video, because we got to keep people's attention. It's not good enough for me to stand here and go, here is your list of five things. Number one, number like that's, if it's an educational video that somebody's paying for, we got to have examples. The examples should be crafted with a story arc and you should have a professional craft the story arc with you so that it, it, it gets the attention and it attracts the attention. The second thing is the set and framing the shot. Okay. I can, you know, I can put a ring light in front of me and there'll be glare off my glasses or there'll be a distraction in the whiteboard behind me because there'll be a big white spot in the middle of the content. Right. And, or I could be off to the side and maybe the sound is off and you only see half of me have a professional help you with the set, have a professional help you frame the shot because you don't realize the distraction in somebody watching your video if the shot is inappropriately framed, particularly if you're going to teach or you're going to bring in slides and you're going to go like this. If you're going like this and half the slide is off the screen, I mean, people are paying you. So that's the, the second thing. The third thing is the editing. Oh my gosh. You, if you don't know how to edit, don't use iMovie. If somebody's paying you, like if you're doing a YouTube video, go for it. Go nuts. That's fine. Are you going to do an Instagram video? Just use your thumb and do the best you can. But if somebody's paying you, the transitions need to be seamless transitions. Jump cuts are not going to cut it, right? The glitchy movement in a transition is not going to work. You need a professional editor, somebody who went to school to learn how to do this and has done it before. Those are the three things I think if people are paying you that they have an expectation they're going to receive. John, what else would you add to that? Well, I'll just, I'll pile on briefly about that is 
I couldn't agree with you more about the specialization. I mean, I've shot feature films, I've edited for a long time, but when I hire a director of photography, they live and breathe camera lenses, f-stops, you know, focal lengths every day. So although I have a degree in photography and I've been doing shooting a lot, to hire a, D, a great DP, hire a great editor, hire a great sound person, you have a great, you have the industry best podcast mic in front of you. It's no, it's not by accident. It makes a big difference. So the specialization, having good equipment, um, letting people do what they what they're good at. I mean, to be honest, that's what I like about production more than anything else. And I learned this early on. Um, the crews aren't as big as they used to be, but we used to be, you know, we'd walk into a place and we'd be the pros from Dover and there'd be 30 of us, you know, and everybody, the art department, the make hair and makeup, the grip and lighting, the camera department, the sound department. Well, now it's, it's uh, shrunk a little bit and you have everybody people wearing multiple hats but i still i agree with you i think it makes all the difference in the world to have somebody really worried about just paying attention to the sound paying attention to the framing um paying attention to what the background looks like or hair and makeup person saying like you know what there's flyaway hairs or there the suits all messed up so it's worth it that way, the content creator, the producer like you or whoever that person is, they can focus on the message. <laughs> they shouldn't have to be distracted about how am I going to feed my crew lunch? You know, when are we going to break for lunch? How, you know, is the makeup artist charging me too much? You know, it, it shouldn't be any of those things. It should be message and the most compelling, best way to do a presentation. And that carries over to editing as well. I've been saved so many times when editors have taken what I thought I had and they've done something completely different with it and made it look so much better. And a good editor will say, if say if a client is there, they'll say in front of the client, so this is what you wanted, right? And I'm like, yes, of course. <laughs> Even though I had no idea that that's what they were gonna do. You know, put the beginning at the end and the end at the beginning and change the middle completely and all that. But editors are, are masterful. So although I've done all the individual things, I know the specialization makes all the difference in the world. Yeah, and I think so let's let's do the basics for people. So if you're if you're doing so you your company wants to do uh you know an interview two people in the same room. My preference as a, you know, as a as a layperson, not somebody who does this every day like you would be three cameras, right? And you want one camera on each person and then you want one wide shot that has both people in the shot and a minimum of a sa one sound person to make sure the sound is good because now you've got two different mics so you need to make sure that both mics are good. And your average wedding videographer is not gonna be able to get these shots done right. Even a professional you know, a, a professional would tell you you need two camera people at least. You know, you can probably get away with one if you want to make sure you're, you know, if you, if you, if you want to keep your, keep your budget to a minimum, but then you can't have any movement. You got to make sure that everybody stays in frame. What are, what are your thoughts, the, the bare bones budget for an in-person, you know, two-person interview? So that's a great question, and I again, once again, I agree with you completely. The two camera, three camera, 
three cameras, sometimes really the best approach and what I try to do when I get a chance. And I think the gold standard is 60 minutes as far as interviews. So I always say like, do you want it to be like a YouTube video or a press conference or do you want it to look like 60 minutes? Invariably, they say we want it to look like 60 minutes. So that'll be two cameras, one on each subject, lighting on each person, a mic on each person, whether it be a shotgun or a lavalier, a wide shot, Sometimes with production reveal, because that's kind of the thing that everybody likes to see. Or really, NBC News does that, or all the news channels do that a lot. For at least a couple seconds of a really wide shot that you see all the lighting and you see everything else. And then the third thing, or fourth thing to throw in there, is a camera on a slider. So you have something, a camera just going, literally going back and forth with a little bit of movement. Because probably the single thing that differentiates um, from a, uh, a average production to a quality production is camera movement. So to have something to cut away to. So if a person misspeaks or there's a whole paragraph that isn't needed or it gets goes on a tangent or something or there's a siren or you know a smoke detector going on. I mean there, there's a million things that happen. Um, and it's amazing how many things happen when the production starts. You know the jackhammers start. Uh, the leaf blowers start. It just, you know, it, it's like you're, you're describing my it, life. It, yeah, exactly. I, I've been there. You know, it's like I always have like a twenty or fifty dollar bill ready to go pay the land, landscaper to, to go take a big long break for the whole crew. It usually works. Um, but so when you have something to cut to, you have a slider with a little bit of motion, you have a wide shot, you have a tight shot. Um, one of the things that is nice these days with resolution with cameras that we shoot 4K and even 8, 6 and 8K now sometimes. So you can actually frame a wide shot and then push in digitally. So you have enough land, uh, real estate that you can get a single shot or you can get multiple shots from a single framing. So that's kind of nice. But I agree with you. Um, the more, the better, especially if it's, you know, duration is a big thing. If you want it to be compelling, interesting content and have people sit for five minutes or 10 minutes even, um, which is an eternity, um, five minutes is the new hour. Um, if you can get a person to sit and be uh, spellbound or at the edge of their seat watching something for five minutes, you've done a great job. Um, and that's usually because you're cutting from one camera to the other, reaction shots, um, uh, slider, wide shot. You know, you have a variety of things in your in your um, wheelhouse to uh, to go to to keep it compelling. All right, John. So explain to folks who are listening, who are watching, what B roll is and why it's important. Sure. Well, just like you know, so there's always work. There's often workarounds. B-roll is something that when you're say you're going and shooting as a single news gatherer, and you just typically what it'd be more ENG electronic news gathering. It'd be a camera person, a sound person, maybe a PA and a producer, and you go around and gather. So you might do an interview, say on a new real estate or housing development or something. Then while that person is talking, you get an interview. Um, you also go around after the interview and shoot things that they talked about. This is one of those rookie mistakes that what people do, they shoot B-roll first and then they do the interview and then they realize they didn't get any of the things that the person talked about. He talked about the new broiler, the rooftop deck, all the things. It's like you didn't shoot any of those things. So the idea is to shoot the interview first and then go around and shoot the things that he talks about to, again to support 
the, the material the person is talking about and make it more compelling, interesting. So if he says we're really proud of our Olympic pool, you have a shot of the Olympic pool and somebody diving in to cut to. Um, again, to keep it visually interesting, moving along and help craft a story. Yeah. So there's what. What is your what is your rule about uh, changing? Do you have a hard and fast rule about changing the frame to keep people's interest? So you know, if it's not it's not a speech, right? If we're not if right. if it's not a political figure delivering a speech or a CEO delivering a speech to the troops, what is your rule about changing the frame to keep people engaged? Well. That it goes back to, you know, we used to change every time there's a change of thought or a, a pick, what we call a pickup, if they mess up and they have to go back and start that last sentence again and pick it up again, um, usually we would change the frame. But again, how I mentioned with 4K and 6K and 8K, now you can shoot wide and you can push in when it makes sense. So you can push in digitally. Um, so you know, again, it's one of those rookie mistakes is like if you do too much, and I see this all the time, we call it tromboning. Um, when the camera zooms in and then zooms out and zooms in, I mean, you can actually get almost seasick. Um, so you don't, want, my, my rule of thumb is stay wide or stay on a medium shot um, as long as possible and only do uh, change the framing if you're doing a pickup you know, edit some section out. And then again, you can pretty much do it digitally in the edit. And John, when you, when you're, when you're doing this work, who is, who is the bulk of your work with these days? Are you doing, is the bulk of your work corporate stuff? And, and what do you do for, for companies and corporations? Well, that's a good question because I, I've been doing it for a long enough time that I'm still probably 70 or 80% referral so I try not to, I try to be strategic with the sort of clients that I get. Um, but at the same time, sometimes I'm just at the, the mercy of what comes across my, my transom or my doorway. So I do a, a gamut of things and I really like that. Um, so I, my default is high-end corporate. Um, I like to do a lot high-end corporate. They have budgets, they value production value, high production value. Um, it's often ongoing work. Um, I also like doing online education and make it compelling. So not just lecture videos, but do make a, a subject matter expert, make it look like 60 minutes. So it's compelling and interesting and concise. Um, so I've pretty much done a ga the gamut. I, I, I love working on documentaries. I always have a documentary or two in the works. I've done five, four or five documentaries over the years. I've done, I produced six feature films, indie features, um, over the years. So I'm pretty much do a gamut. I used to do more commercials. I don't do as much, many commercials anymore. Um, cause that's kind of a little bit of a young man's game. I, I find it's very uh, com super competitive and I just assume not necessarily be in that world. So I don't do as many commercials, but high end corporate documentary, documentary style for corporate, um, public interest work in nonprofit online education, pretty much the gamut. And the reason I really like doing that is because I can bring experience or knowledge that I picked up on a feature film and then I can bring it to a nonprofit. And, you know, it's like I can do a $50,000 shoot for $5,000 because I picked up some tricks um, on a feature or a commercial or a high-end corporate, that sort of thing. So I like to do a mix of things. I'm probably one of the, uh, a little different in that regard. 
in that I haven't really, you know, I knew someone, I haven't really super ultra specialized. I know some, a couple of people that have specialized, in, you know, to the degree that they only do kids or they only, you know, kids in comedy or kids in pets. Or um, I knew someone in Chicago that was known for the sizzling steak guy. So all he did was sizzling meat and beer pours. And I remember thinking, okay, well, he's the sizzling meat and beer pour guy. Like, I'm the opposite of that. Like, I do a range of things. He completely focused on one thing. Now, he probably makes twice as much, maybe factors of 10 more than I do because he's the guy, you know, a Japanese beer company will come into his studio to do a two-second shot of beer coming at the camera and stuff. Um so I always, when I, I used to teach digital cinema at DePaul, I used to talk about that. It's like you can be a generalist, you can work in a lot of things and be busy, or you can go the route of being an ultra specialist. And it's pretty much up to the individual what they like to do. I like, as far as genres, I like being a little bit of a generalist. Okay, I'm going to ask you a question, and then I want you to think about it while we, while we uh, just do a quick uh, sponsor segment. So when you're... When you're talking to um, a corporation or a company, how do you help them decide the style, the length, and the focus of a video shoot? So how do you help them? Because, you know, there's different, like documentary style works for some things. Educational style will work for other things. Some long-form content is more valuable if you're perhaps... Uh, bringing in someone to tell a compelling story. Short form is better if you're doing education. I want to hear from you your guide to helping the client select style, uh, helping the client select, uh, you know, the the look and the feel of the shoot. And I want to hear that in just one minute. I need to remind the folks who are with us today that our show is brought to you by Sandrowski Corporate Advisors. Since 1983, Sandrowski Corporate Advisors has provided expert client service all across the United States. Now, they do pretty much everything that you'd expect a full-service accounting firm to do, and that includes tax planning, family office advisory, dispute advisory, business valuation, litigation support, forensic accounting, risk management, et cetera, et cetera. The one thing I want to highlight about Sandrowski Corporate Advisors today is the way they look at tax planning. If you're thinking about selling your business or you're forming a new business, you need to have the end in mind. So if you're five years or more away from an exit event, that's the perfect time to call Sandrowski Corporate Advisors. Why? There are certain tax strategies that they can help you employ that will reduce your capital gains tax when you go to sell your business. So if you're an entrepreneur and you own a business now and you think to yourself, I could be acquired by my biggest competitor or I could be acquired by somebody else down the road, that exit event is going to be five years or more into the future. Bring Sandrowski in now to look at your corporate structure and determine whether or not you need to make a shift to make an adjustment. Now, the best time to bring them in would have been when you formed your business. The second best time is today because you need that time to make the adjustment and then prove to the IRS that the adjustment has been in place for a significant period of time. The second thing I like to highlight about Sandrowski and what they do is business valuation. So you have an event that's imminent 
and your the person who's purchasing your business says to you, we think your business is worth this, you think your business is worth that, have Sandrowski come in, look at your financials and do evaluation of your business so that you know what your business is really worth. Don't shoot from the hip when it comes to the valuation of your business. Bring in Sandrowski, have the experts look at your business and give you a valuation. If you need to reach out to them, here's what I want you to do. Call 866-717-1607, 866-717-1607. Sandrowski Corporate Advisors, they're a CPA firm with a different perspective. We're also brought to you by my Revenue Roadmap Guide. That's right. If you want to build a professional services business, you want to build your book of business if you're in a big firm, here's what you need to do. Go to RevenueRoadmapGuide.com, RevenueRoadmapGuide.com. Enter your contact info. You'll get free, 100% free access to my business development plan for professionals. You can download it today. You can customize it for your practice, whether you're a CPA, an attorney, a financial advisor, a consultant, an engineer, an architect, anybody in professional services, revenueroadmapguide.com. Download that guide today. It's my gift to you for being a listener, for being a subscriber, for being a viewer of the Inside BS Show. We're talking to John Jaworski. He's a producer, a director. He handles video for companies, nonprofits, big corporations, small businesses, commercials, whatever you want to do. You can reach him at 312-286-0933, 312-286-0933, or you can go to nimbledigitalmedia.com, nimbledigitalmedia.com. His website is there. You can learn all about him and what he does. We're going to put all that information down in the show notes. If you missed it, don't worry. It's in the show notes for you. You can just click on it. You can call him right then and there. All right, John, I asked you a question before we went to break. So how do you decide or how do you help a company or a client decide style format for their video? Well, that's the million-dollar question, and I think it goes back to the single differentiation from an experienced production person a production partner like I always look at it that I'm not a vendor I'm a production partner and we're collaborating so I go in although I have a fine arts background and a production background what I've learned through the year over the years is that the the default what a lot of people think what they want to do isn't necessarily the right way to go you know they think like yeah we'll just have our on-camera person wing you know our CEO wing it and and do something it's just like no 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 let's come up with Let's find, let's create a media strategy. Let's find the pain point. Let's analyze what does it look like if we're successful. Let's figure out ways to, to adjust it so we can move towards a successful outcome with the media strategy. Um, I spend, and I find, I have learned to insist. You know, I didn't used to insist. I, I used to say like, okay, that's okay. But now I've learned through just from doing it for so many years that we're going to save time and money and have a better product if we spend the more time we spend doing discovery and pre-production so even if it ends up being like who's going to be on camera who's going to do voiceover the style of it is it going to be a one-off video is it going to be multiple videos you know i did a project for a major uh a bank um a bank of montreal and uh harris bank we did something, they wanted to do an onboarding video. And through our conversation and discovery, we realized with a slightly different edit, we can also turn it into a recruiting video because half of the material is the same. It's like the history of the bank, 
the culture, that sort of thing. So all of a sudden, you know, that's a way to rationalize the the production spend. It's like, well, if we get two things out of it. I used to go into meetings saying we can get two or three things out of this. Um, and they're like, oh, my God, that's great. Now I go into the meeting before I even get a chance to say that. We They often say, we need this video to do three things, <laughs> um, which I understand and it's fine. But I think as far as having a, a good strategy, um, knowing what the pain points are, knowing what what looks like, you know, how that can be satisfied, then you can extract from that what the best style is, whether it be case studies or testimonials or product demonstration, whether it be a hybrid of those things, um, that sort of thing. You know, one of the things I think that most companies uh, ignore and I think are quite good um, are pieces both for internal communications and external communication is corporate culture. Just like, what is this company about? You know, often they're really good at their one sheets and their sales sheets and the product demos and all that kind of thing. But it's like, why do I want to work with this company? It's like, do they have a, a long history? Do they have a sordid past or do they have a long, you know, storied history? Um, it's worth it. I think people like to learn something about a company, especially if it's a big ticket item or a big you know, a manufacturing plant or something. It's like, well, let's, what's the basis? What's the background of this manufacturing plant? So that's where I, I from discovery, you know, I go in curious. Um, you know, I used to say I go in as a fifth grader with a topic, but now I probably am doing fifth grade. I probably go in as a third grader now because fifth graders are super sharp. Um, but going in, just being, actually be curious is like, Tell me more about the company. Tell me about the culture. Tell me about the employees. What are you trying to do with this piece? I have had times when it's just like, you know what? We haven't thought of any of those things. So let's, I'll get back to you in a couple of months. And then we'll, do, and that's, I'd rather do that than just, just all of a sudden shoot video. It's like, oh, just shoot video, just shoot stuff. It just doesn't make sense. Um, so to your question, I, I, hopefully I answered it, to, as far as through discovery, through uh, creating a little bit of a media strategy, you realize what the best approach would be. The one thing, and finally I'll just throw on, it's better to do multiple short videos than one big long video. I, I tell people that all the time. I did some a bunch of online course content for a major university on the East Coast, a couple actually, and they, you know, they had these dense courses and they wanted 60 minute videos. And it's just like, there's no way someone's going to watch a 60 minute video on econometrics. It's like, you know, we'll do, we'll do five 10 minute videos or 10 six minute videos, but we're not going to do one 60 minute video. And um, with a little bit of reluctance, they finally listened to me. The reason, the genesis of that idea was that I learned all the courses were being watched on mobile devices while people were commuting. So it's like you can watch a five minute video over and over again. If a particular section is difficult or dense or difficult to get, you can just watch it again. So I always argue for short, concise, multiple pieces. Um, if an area is a little more difficult to understand, put a little more time and energy in that. And if something is a little easier to understand, you don't you can not gloss over it, but you don't have to do equal time on everything. 
Yeah, I've seen I've seen some of those. Some of it follows my content on YouTube, and it'll be like a three-hour Harvard iLab lecture. And it's a, it's somebody standing at a podium, you know, stepping away, showing slides for three hours. And even if I was interested in that subject, I'd watch it for fifteen minutes and then go somewhere else and then come back and watch the next fifteen minutes. So I'm gonna watch it in bite-sized chunks anyway. Why not give it to me so that I can index what I want when I want it? I mean that may, that just that just makes sense. All right, John, coach coach us up from a from a talent perspective, right? Somebody's out there right now. They're going to shoot their own video. Maybe they got a you know they got a a, a camera that, is, that maybe they got their cell phone or they you know they bought a camera and they're going to start shooting video. What are, what are your the the most basic tips for talent? For, for the person who's in front of the camera, as a, as a director, what are you looking for from your talent? Well, I think the number one thing um, and something I've, I insisted, I started insisting on, that's the one thing that's good about getting, being around for a while. Um, you just have the courage of your convictions. Um, so the main thing is, you know, I have CEOs and, and major talent or uh, clients or heads of sales say, I don't need a teleprompter. I've been doing this for 30 years. It's just like, I, my response always was, we'll have a teleprompter sitting here. If we don't use it, great. Invariably, without exception, 10 minutes into the shoot, they're like, get out the teleprompter. They realize, they realize this will take three days to get through something. So even if you build in the time that it takes to do a little media training and learn how to use a teleprompter, Say you spend an hour or two doing that, you could still do a day's worth of production and make nice edits and changes and make sure, you know, I, I'm not a plain paper writer. I do a lot of writing and I do a lot of uh, tweaking of scripts so it's more personable and more listenable and, and um, um, digestible. And when they have it in a teleprompter, you can actually insist that make sure that you're getting all those points. What ends up happening is talent will go through, they'll get two or three of the points, but they have five points and they can't, they're a deer in the headlights and they don't get the two final ones or the three final ones. So or, or, I they'll, wander, or they'll wander off and they start talking exactly. about something and it's just going to be edited exactly. out. You're wasting everybody's time. Stay focused. Exactly. Yeah. So, and there are some amazing apps now that you can even use on your iPhone so you can, sh or your uh, mobile device. So there are teleprompter apps that you can actually sit there and you can be talking. You know, back in the day, we used to use ear, ear prompters or teleprompters and people would talk about myocardial infractions and things that they have no idea what they're even saying. And you just look at the person, it's like, wow, this person is really smart. <laughs> well, that's the same thing with teleprompters. You can go on and on with some you know, dense technical stuff and get the material across. So that's probably the one pro tip that I always recommend. The second always is decent lighting, not having um, distracting backgrounds, having a good microphone. Um, so cell phones can be challenging, but there are, again, there are things, uh, you know, they have gotten just better and better. Um, and the tech, the support material, uh, the support gear rather, uh, as far as you mentioned ring lights and wireless mics and, and all that kind of stuff. So I recommend, you know, 
I have clients that often, you know, I, they, I have a conversation with them and they thought they were going to set up a TV studio and then they bought the camera and they bought the tripod and the lights or whatever and an editing program, but especially with lawyers, it's just like, is that the best use of your time to all of a sudden become a, a film producer, a film editor, a camera person? It's so much more efficient to hire someone. You know, I, I, you know, sometimes people just like to buy gear and buy cameras and lenses and things. That's fine. Um, but I, I tell them, it's like, think twice before you buy everything. And there's a creative way to do it whether it be on a phone or we bring in a crew or there's always some creative solution. You know, you're so much better off bringing in people who know what they're doing with the latest equipment because the equipment you buy today is obsolete six weeks from now. So, and the crew is going to have the most up-to-date stuff or exactly what you need for the project if you've given them the scope of the right of the project correctly. So you don't need to worry. I, I mean, I, I can't even tell you. I, I like this and I like doing video, but the when we start talking about lenses, my eyes glaze over. I don't know. I don't know what kind of lens to use. And I don't want to know what kind of lens to use because first of all, lenses are super expensive. If you make a wrong choice, you're, you know, it's a big problem. The second thing is there's one type of lens you, you may use, you may use one type of lens one time. It's not worth it for you to try and figure out if you need it or not. Let the professional do that. They're going to use that lens one time with 30 clients, so they have it. You buying it, spending $1,500 or more, makes no sense whatsoever. I mean, $1,500 would be on the cheap side for a professional lens. So, you know, exactly. I mean, it does. It's cinema just, lenses are, cinema lenses start at $15,000. Yeah, so it just, it just, it, and a good crew, what they'll do is they'll know what you need, and if they don't have it, they know where to go to rent it, and they'll bring it with them, and they'll return it at the end of the day. They'll get you exactly what you're looking for. And you don't need to be bothered with any of that stuff. So John, talk about when it makes sense to bring you in versus, you know, having the guy who shoots weddings on the weekend who works in the mailroom shoot the videos. When does it make sense to bring in a professional? Well, that, uh, that's another million dollar question. And I get asked it often. I you know, I think when they really realize that their they for, their brand deserves better, so sometimes Zoom videos we have you know a lot of us have Zoom fatigue. People are used to seeing things. You know, uh, a lot of online courses are being done on Zoom now, and I feel like especially with high tuitions to get a Zoom course with a high tuition just feels like such a ripoff. <laughs> You know, it's like I'm sensitive to people paying tens of thousands for a course and they're just a Zoom, watching Zoom lectures. So I like to say when when it makes sense for your brand, you know, I, I really am a fan and I touched on it um, of mixing it up. So sometimes a DIY approach makes sense. Sometimes if you're going to do uh, a case study or a testimonial and you're going to bring in your three best customers and have them talk a wax poetic about you, don't shoot it yourself. Show, spend a little money and do a nice job to make them look good. Because it only makes you look good if you make them look good and it helps everybody. So I, my feeling is when the brand, when it makes sense for the brand, depending, and I feel that this is for internal and external communications as well. You know, We're thinking mostly external, but for a lot of organizations, 
just doing an internal communication that is nicely done makes a big difference. It's like I did something years ago for a major company in Pittsburgh, uh, a manufacturing company. We did a 401k video that it was a way of telling the CEO was so happy and the employee benefit communicators were so happy with, it was a way of saying, we care about our employees. We care about the employee benefits of the benefits of our employees. Um, so it just makes sense to do a nice job about participating in your 401k, that sort of thing. So I think so much of it is just like, how much do you put value in the communications? Is do you put value into your either your customers, your uh, partners, your uh, or your employees? At some point, raising the bar a little bit really shows that you care <laughs> to be a little heavy. Okay, so John, here's what I'm gonna do now. I'm gonna give you a minute to think about this and I want you to come up with three things that we should take away from our time together today. Real quick, three big bullet points that people should take away from our time together. And while you're thinking of that, I'm gonna remind folks that our show today is brought to you by Sundrowski Corporate Advisors. For over 35 years, they've provided expert client service all over the United States. If you need help with tax planning, forensic accounting, family office advisory, dispute advisory, business valuation, you name it, Sandrowski can help you. They're a CPA firm with a different perspective. We're also brought to you by my Revenue Roadmap Guide. Go to revenueroadmapguide.com, revenueroadmapguide.com. Enter your contact info, download your free business development plan. It'll help you grow your business in a way that will allow you to focus on relationships while you grow your business. All right, John. What are the three things you think people should take away from our time together today? I think the three things probably would be, uh, there's probably more than three, but my favorite three would be keep things short, concise, and, and um, digestible. So if you have five bullet points that you really want to touch on, do five videos or do, uh, do two points per video. Make it so it's digestible. You know, one of the nice things about video is that uh, people retain the information. Um, some studies have shown that 95% of uh, information is, is registers and stays in your mind as opposed to 10% when you read it. So you can give some complex training or insights or information to somebody. Keep them short and concise. Content video serves as content marketing, uh, a tool for content marketing. So you can send out a video uh, email once a week or once a month or once a day even. Um, just keep short, concise, uh, manageable uh, pieces. That's the first thing. Okay. Um, short and concise. Second, have the appropriate production value for the message. If it's just um, a quick message about you know, how a partnership, you have a new partnership and you're really excited about it and you want to just roll it out and talk about it while you're walking the dog, great. That's absolutely fine and appropriate. Um, or you just got a new promotion or some, whatever the whatever it ends up being. That's fine. But at some point, the production, as I touched on earlier, the production needs to meet what the message is and what the audience is. Um, so... You know, a mix of things keeps things visually interesting, keeps things um, on, keeps the viewer on their toes a little bit. So I like a mix of things, whether it be animated, it can be a selfie video, it can be a combination of, you know, whatever it takes. 
And then third, finally, is just be strategic on what is it you're actually trying to say. I think most people, they think they want a video. They don't really know what that means. Message always you know? wins, yeah. It always wins. It's like, you know what, if we have a conversation about what are the key three things that people, you know, one of my go-to questions when I ask somebody is, what are the biggest misconceptions on what you do? Boy, does that open a flood, the floodgates. You know, it's just like people think that we make this, but actually our main business is making this. And that's why we have all these major accounts and all this. It's like, well, why are we talking about the minor thing if the major thing needs reinforcement? So strategic in the messaging is really key as far as I'm concerned. So I think that's three right there. All right, perfect. Our guest today was John Jaworski. He's a producer, director. He can help you with all your video production needs. I want you to call him at 312-286-0933, 312-286-0933. You can look at what he's done and find out more about him at nimbledigitalmedia.com, nimbledigitalmedia.com. All that is in the show notes. John, thank you for joining me. It's been an absolute pleasure having you here today. Thank you, Dave. I enjoyed it as well. I appreciate it. All right, folks, that'll Take do care. it for another episode of the Inside BS Show. We'll see you right back here again tomorrow. Until then, here's hoping you make a great living and live a great life.